Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Coming up this hour. A majority of G20 nations are set to condemn Russia's war in Ukraine. Democrat Katie Hobbs wins the governor's race in Arizona. Former President Trump prepares to announce another run for the White House. And we'll tell you which chip company Warren Buffett is taking a stake in. New York Mayor Adams announces a plan to provide housing for the homeless. Plus, federal prosecutors say Rudy Giuliani will not face criminal charges over Ukraine. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Washington upset Philadelphia in Monday Night Football. A win for the Islanders. The Knicks and Nets are on the road tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 26 points, Dow futures up 140, and NASDAQ futures up 121. 10-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 3.81%. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. First, we want to get you the latest from the G20 summit. A majority of nations are set to condemn Russia's war in Ukraine. That's according to a draft state. Statement from the event that's been seen by Bloomberg News. It represents a compromise designed to get as many signatures as possible. We spoke with former UK ambassador to Russia, Tony Brenton, about the statement. It doesn't directly criticize Russia. It criticizes the war, but doesn't blame Russia for it. It implicitly criticizes Western sanctions. If you look at the economic bit of it, it's all about disruption of supply chains and hitting the, the global energy markets and so on, which War has something to do with it, but the real source of that disruption is, of course, Western sanctions. So it steers around various delicate points. Former U.K. ambassador to Russia Tony Breton says the statement is expertly crafted to get as many G20 leaders' signatures as possible. Well, Nathan, the agreement comes just hours after President Biden sat face-to-face with Xi Jinping in an effort to ease tensions between the two countries. U.S. Trade Chief Catherine Tai says the meeting sends a powerful message. You can see that there is a familiarity between them, a comfort between them in terms of uh, uh, relating to each other. And I think that that's a really powerful signal to the rest of the world. U.S. Trade Chief Catherine Tai says further discussions will continue. Meantime, a former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger is praising the talks as a step to ease tensions. I would say we are at the beginning of a bridge-building effort, which is positive so long as we remember that if the bridge doesn't get built, the precipice remains. 
Both former Secretary Kissinger and U.S. Trade Representative Tai made the comments at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. Back here in the U.S., Karen, the focus is on politics and another big win for Democrats as Arizona becomes the latest battleground to reject a prominent election denier candidate. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Democrat Katie Hobbs was elected governor of Arizona, defeating Republican Carrie Lake, who embraced former President Trump's baseless claims of widespread fraud in the 2020 election. The race was called with about 98 percent of the ballots counted and Hobbs leading Lake 50.4 percent to 49.6 percent, less than 21,000 votes. It is the latest instance of midterm election voters rejecting election deniers in battleground states, including Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada and Wisconsin. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Right, Amy, thank you. Well, Carrie Lake's loss in Arizona is unlikely to stop a, quote, very big announcement in Florida tonight. Former President Trump is set to kick off his third run for the White House at 9 p.m. Wall Street time. That's despite a growing number of Republicans and donors urging him to reconsider. Among those, the billionaire founder of Citadel, Ken Griffin. He lost in 2020. We lost Georgia because of his behavior in the Senate race in 2020. That's a second loss. And then this year, the Republicans lost the Senate because the Trump-backed candidates in the Senate races were rejected by American voters. That's a three-time loser. Ken Griffin made those comments at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. Hear more of the Citadel founders' remarks coming up later in our program. Turning to the economy now, Karen, we're getting more signs on policy from the Fed. Another central bank official saying it could start slowing the pace of rate hikes. We caught up with Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd. I think it will probably um, be appropriate um, uh, soon um, to move to a slower pace of increases. But I think what's really important to emphasize, we've done a lot, but we have additional work to do both on raising rates and sustaining restraint to bring inflation down to 2%. Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd made those comments in an interview with Bloomberg News in Washington. The markets are currently pricing in a 50 basis point rate hike in December. Well, Nathan, the Fed and Wall Street get another inflation report to digest this morning. The producer price index for October comes out before the opening bell. And Bloomberg's Michael McKee has a preview. There's no direct link between CPI and PPI, producer prices. There are middlemen in between. Nevertheless, the big drop in consumer prices suggests downside risk to PPI as well. In particular, economists are looking for a drop in the trade services category. Essentially, it reflects wholesaler and retailer margins. The huge pandemic demand for goods led to big margin expansions. Now that goods demand is coming down, margins should compress. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, we also get earnings today from big retail, both Walmart and Home Depot report before the opening bell. Meantime, Nathan, chip stocks are getting a lift this morning. A news Berkshire Hathaway has taken a stake in Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing. We get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. For a long while, Berkshire Chairman Warren Buffett shied away from the tech industry. He has spoken about not wanting to invest in businesses he didn't fully understand. In recent years, though, the stance has changed. And now a filing shows Berkshire acquired about 60 million ADRs in TSMC in the third quarter. Assuming the average quarterly price, the stake would have cost Buffett $5.1 billion. 
TSMC has overtaken Intel in the cutting edge of chip making. It's also emerged as a vital player as the U.S. and China clash over leadership in global technology industries. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Doug, thanks. S&P futures right now are up 29 points. Dow futures up 161. NASDAQ futures are higher by 135 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're 36 degrees in Central Park dealing with uh, construction. Southbound New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes at exit 9. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York City officials unveiled a new plan to find homes for the homeless. Mayor Eric Adams says the new options include cutting down on red tape and reducing requirements for vouchers and other programs. We are changing the city FEPS. Uh, rental assistance program so that we can get vouchers to more families and make them easier to use. We're reducing the number of hours families are required to work uh, to become eligible from 30 to 14 hours per week. Mayor Adams went on to say it doesn't make sense for a person making minimum wage to be told they make too much money for city assistance. Federal prosecutors in Manhattan have declined to file criminal charges against Rudy Giuliani over his lobbying activities in Ukraine. Prosecutors had been investigating whether the former New York mayor should have registered as a foreign agent over his lobbying of the Trump administration to oust then-U.S. Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch from Ukraine. Giuliani maintained he had done nothing wrong. Tech entrepreneur Brandon Williams has been elected to Congress in a district in central New York, becoming the 11th Republican to win a House race this fall. AP finally called it late last night. Williams defeated Democrat Francis Canole in the contest to pick a successor to U.S. Representative John Katko, a Republican who is retiring from office. Doctors in New Mexico are warning of what they are calling the threat of a triple-demic. Bloomberg's Ed Maxter reports. That is the convergence of the flu, RSV, and COVID at the same time. Dr. John Peterson is a pediatric specialist in Albuquerque. It's not uncommon for us to have a very significant respiratory viral uh, season for, for children. What's different about uh, about this is that it's occurring very early. Peterson says hospitals nationwide are already seeing a large number of cases in infants with RSV and fear a very serious season overall. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. President Joe Biden and Indonesian President Joko Widodo will announce a climate finance deal providing $20 billion to help Indonesia pivot away from coal power. The deal brokered between the U.S., Indonesia, and Japan came on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Bali. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Fifty years ago, Miami Dolphins, last NFL team to go an entire season undefeated. The 2007 Patriots came close to their Super Bowl loss to the Giants. Nobody really expected the Eagles to go 20-0, and but last night didn't figure to be their first loss. An 11-point favorite at home with Washington has got all kinds of issues going on with their ownership. The Commanders, though, fell, fell behind early and then dominated, had the ball for more than 40 minutes forced four Philly turnovers, three in the fourth quarter, one right at the end. Snap to Hurts. 
Washington breaks three. He steps up, throws underneath, caught by Watkins, thrown to Smith. He's trying to throw it backwards. He's hit by Cam Curl. That is picked up by Casey Tuhill in the end zone. It's a defensive touchdown to end the game. An exclamation point to end an undefeated season of the Eagles. B.I.G. to call Washington 32, Philadelphia 21. Commanders are 5-5. Five and five. Eagles are 8-1. and one. Giants only one game behind. Giants still have two games left with Philly and two with Washington. Islanders 4-2 win at Ottawa. Isles have won nine of their last 11. Devils have won all of their last nine. They played tonight in Montreal. Start of a five-game road trip for the Knicks. First stop is Utah. The Jazz, surprisingly, already 10 wins, most in the West. Nets still without Kyrie Irving. Their trip continues tonight in Sacramento. A pair of 21-year-old outfielders named Rookies of the Year. Seattle's Julio Rodriguez in the American League. Atlanta's Michael Harris in the NL. Both showed power and speed. They'll name the Managers of the Year today. The Mets' Buck Show Walter, the favorite to win. In the NL, the Miami Marlins already with a female GM, Kim Ang. They promoted New Jersey native Caroline O'Connor to be their team president. John Stash, Edward Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P futures now up 30 points. Dow futures up 167. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 134 points. The 10-year treasuries up 11.30 seconds for a yield of 3.81%. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning amid growing confidence that the Federal Reserve will be able to slow its rate hiking pace. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 32 points this morning. Dow futures up 183. NASDAQ futures up 139. The DAX in Germany, little change. Ten-year Treasury up 1230 seconds, yield 3.80 percent. Yield on the two-year, 4.35 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.5 percent at $1.30. At eighty-four dollars fifty-eight cents a barrel, Comex Gold up a tenth of a percent, or two dollars ten cents at seventeen seventy-nine an ounce. The euro one point zero four zero nine against the dollar. British pound one point one eight four two, and the yen one thirty-nine point two four. And Bitcoin is up two point four percent at sixteen thousand seven hundred eighty dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Former President Donald Trump is said to be preparing to launch another campaign for the White House with an announcement tonight. Some Republicans urge him to delay the announcement, blaming Trump for far-right candidates losing in the midterm elections. Democrat Katie Hobbs was elected governor of Arizona. Hobbs defeated Republican Kerry Lake, who embraced former President Trump's false claims of widespread fraud in the 2020 election in a narrow victory. In the NFL, undefeated, no more. The Eagles lost to the Commanders 32-21. In the NBA, the Celtics won seven straight, beating the Thunder 126-122. The Warriors also won. In the NHL, the Islanders won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And now we're going to bring you a conversation with Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd. She joined Bloomberg News in Washington to discuss her outlook for the economy, the Fed's rate hike path, and the crypto market crash. 
Vice Chair Brainerd spoke with Bloomberg's Washington Bureau Chief Peggy Collins. Here's part of that conversation now. So, so much of what we wrote about here at Bloomberg during the pandemic and, and elsewhere, I know other journalists too, was about people getting back into the labor market and getting jobs. Bloomberg Economics actually is forecasting a 100% chance of a recession in the next 12 months. What is your forecast for where we end up in terms of unemployment by the end of next year? Yeah, so I think... Um it's it's very difficult um, to give firm projections uh, because this is a very unusual labor market. So the pandemic uh, led to um, a lot of departures from in-person services in particular. And if you look at hiring data, you can still see pretty healthy hiring um, in some of those in-person services where um, some uh, businesses are still trying to catch up um, to uh, levels of employment that may be appropriate for um, the kind of the run rate that they're seeing. Um, but it is the case that as rates uh, move uh, further into restrictive territory, you know, and financial conditions uh, remain tight, that does exert some uh, restraint on demand um, to bring demand into better alignment with supply. And so you will see some reallocation. Now, vacancies are unusually high relative to uh, unemployment. And that does suggest, for the reasons um, that we were just talking about, this sort of catch-up hiring, there's some chance that we'll see more of a diminution in those vacancies rather than putting as much emphasis on layoffs. But it's likely there'll be a combination of both. Do you think the downshift is coming? Yeah, so um, I think it will probably um, be appropriate um, uh, soon um, to move to a slower pace of increases. But I think... What's really important to emphasize, we've done a lot, but we have additional work to do both on raising rates and sustaining restraint to bring inflation down to 2% uh, over time. So, you know, we have uh, raised uh, rates very rapidly by nearly four base, uh, four percentage points over about nine months, and we've been reducing the balance sheet, and you can see that in financial conditions. Um, you can see it in inflation expectations, which are quite well anchored. Um, you can see it in interest rate-sensitive uh, sectors. But as we said last meeting, um, they're likely to be lags, um, and it's going to take some time for that cumulative tightening to, uh, to flow through. And so it makes sense to move to a more, um, a more deliberate and a more data-dependent uh, pace uh, as we continue uh, to uh, make sure that there's restraint that will bring inflation down over time. So I want to turn to another big story that uh, we've been covering, which is the implosion of another firm in the crypto market, FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried's empire there. And in a speech in July, you were looking at the crypto market and at that time thought that you know, there weren't signs, but there was so much interconnectivity yet between crypto firms and the broader financial market to imply a systemic risk. How has your view changed given what's happened in the past week? Yeah, so I, I don't think my view um, has fundamentally changed. First of all, you know, it is um, really concerning to see that retail investors are really getting hurt by these losses. Um, and it is also the case um, that despite a lot of hype, um, you know, you heard a lot about how decentralized these markets are and how innovative and different. Um, it turns out 
you know, they're highly concentrated, highly interconnected, um, and you're just seeing um, a domino effect. Um, failures from one platform or one firm spilling over elsewhere. And it reinforces, I think, um, this need to make sure um, that uh, crypto finance, because it is no different than traditional finance in the risks that it exposes investors to, needs to be under the regulatory perimeter. There need to be strong regulatory guardrails that assure that like risks are subject to like disclosures and like regulatory outcomes. And that was Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd speaking with Bloomberg's Peggy Collins in Washington. You can catch the full interview online at Bloomberg.com or anytime on the Bloomberg Terminal. S&P futures right now are up 29 points. Dow futures up 157. NASDAQ futures are higher by 131 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 11.30 seconds. The yield 3.81% and the yield on the two-year right now 4.35%. Just had the latest from the G20 summit and a big blow to another election denier in the midterms. It's coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, increasing clouds, showers developing late today, highs only in the upper 40s. Rain ends early tomorrow, low 50s for highs. It'll be sunny, breezy, and cool for Thursday. Right now, 36 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. And I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by SEI. Imagine your asset management firm's operational infrastructure is a competitive advantage. Let SEI show you how at SEIC.com slash IMS. And we are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the G20 summit in Indonesia, where a majority of nations are set to condemn Russia's war in Ukraine, according to a draft joint statement from the summit that's been seen by Bloomberg News. We talked about it with former U.K. ambassador to Russia, Tony Brenton. What I've seen is, is actually rather expertly drafted to steer a, a delicate way around all sorts of people's obstacles. Um, it doesn't directly criticize Russia. It criticizes the war, but not doesn't blame Russia for it. Former U.K. ambassador to Russia, Tony Brenton, said the draft represents a compromise designed to get as many signatures as possible. And U.S. President Joe Biden announced a pact of global infrastructure investments at the summit today. We're at an inflection point. Investments we make today will have far-reaching impact on the world for generations to come. President Biden made the comments following yesterday's face-to-face meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. U.S. Trade Chief Catherine Tai says it was an open discussion designed to ease tensions between the nations. He raised with President Xi something that um, we have raised consistently, U.S. concerns about the negative economic impacts of China's non-market economic policies. U.S. Trade Chief Catherine Tai spoke at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. 
To politics at home now, Nathan. Another blow to former President Trump. Trump ally and election denier Carrie Lake lost the Arizona governor's race to Democrat Katie Hobbs. The former president is making a very big announcement at 9 p.m. tonight, likely to be a third White House bid. It comes despite many Republicans and donors asking him to reconsider, including Citadel founder Ken Griffin. I'd like to think that the Republican Party is ready to move on from somebody who's been for this party a three-time loser. Ken Griffin made those comments at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore and will bring you more of our conversation later in our program. To the economy now, Karen, Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd tells Bloomberg the central bank should consider the pace of its rate hike path moving forward. We have additional work to do both on raising rates and sustaining restraint to bring inflation down to 2%. Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd and the Fed will have another inflation report to digest this morning with October's producer price index due out before the bell. And futures this morning are on the rise. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 36 degrees in Central Park. Might want to use the car lane southbound New Jersey Turnpike this morning. We'll tell you why in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani will not face criminal charges over his interactions with Ukrainian figures in the run-up to the 2020 presidential election. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan said they made the decision after reviewing electronic evidence gathered in raids on Giuliani's home and law office in April of 2021. Giuliani tweeted that it was a complete and total vindication. New York City officials unveiled a new plan to find homes for the homeless. Mayor Eric Adams says the new options include cutting down on red tape and reducing requirements for vouchers and other programs. It just doesn't make sense when you think about it. Um, A person making minimum wage are told they make too much money for city FEPs. Minimum wage, but they're saying you make too much money. That just doesn't add up. And what it does add up to is a crisis, a housing crisis, and we're changing that. Mayor Adams says the new plan would, in some cases, skip temporary housing shelters altogether. There has been shock and sadness on the campus of the University of Virginia, where a student is accused of killing three members of the football team. The players are returning from a class trip when authorities say Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. opened fire, killing Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. Jones is a former member of the football team. Students are in mourning. This junior says his friends put up a memorial for the victims. I think we're all kind of coming to terms with what's going on and just trying to support each other to the best of our abilities at the moment. Jones will face three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. U.S. officials say it's the largest climate transaction in history. U.S. President Joe Biden and Indonesian President Joko Widodo will announce a climate finance deal providing $20 billion to help the Southeast Asian countries shift away from coal power. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 5.35 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. A Monday night upset. Philadelphia was undefeated, favored by 11 at home against Washington. But the Commanders held the ball for more than 40 minutes, forced four Philly turnovers. The Eagles had three fumbles in the fourth quarter. 
And Washington won 32 to 21 to get to 500. The Eagles fall to 8 and 1, which means the Giants, who still have two games left with Philly, suddenly only one game out of first place. Their coach, Brian Dable, asked yesterday about the playoffs. You have to focus and stay in the moment. Um, because it really doesn't matter. This, there's so much games to be played and, um, you know, it's, it's good to be seven and two, but again, it'll humble you really quick. Um, when you start worrying about the wrong things or thinking about the wrong things to me in this business. Dable's Giants, very winnable game this Sunday at home against Detroit. Big game Sunday for the Jets coming off the bye. They visit New England, who has beat the Jets 13 straight times with the Jets with a little help. I mean, beating Buffalo and then Buffalo losing again yesterday. Jets now suddenly just out of first place. Islanders won 4-2 at Ottawa. The Devils are in Montreal tonight. They're going for a 10th win in a row. The Knicks start a road trip at Utah. The Nets play in Sacramento. The Warriors last night blew out San Antonio. The Golden State is 6-1 at home and 0-7 on the road. Celtics won their 7th in a row, and they're now in first place in the East, moving ahead of Milwaukee. Caroline O'Connor was working on Wall Street when Derek Jeter hired her to work for the Miami Marlins. Jeter has since left the team, but O'Connor was just promoted to team president. The Marlins already have baseball's only female GM in Kim Ang. Rookies of the year, Seattle's Julio Rodriguez, Atlanta's Michael Harris. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Joan Doniger. New York City's municipal workforce may still be the largest in the nation, but it shrank at the fastest rate since the 1990s over the past two years. Thousands of jobs are unfilled. That threatens to disrupt an array of critical services. New York State's controller says the city's workforce fell nearly 6.5% from June of 2020, losing about 19,000 jobs in August. The workforce totaled 281,333 people. Energy prices are hitting some New Jersey residents so hard they've cut spending on groceries and medicine just to pay gas and electric bills. News 12 New Jersey reports the Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey found a third of those asked having to do that, about a quarter, were unable to pay part of their bills. The Connecticut Department of Public Health is getting a half-million-dollar grant from the Environmental Protection Agency. The money will set up air quality monitoring in distressed communities. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. Thank you, Joan. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio's on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk on WFLA Tampa Bay. We're talking about higher mortgage rates discouraging relocation intentions. I'm Courtney Dunahoe on WHAF in Louisville. FedEx is putting workers in its freight unit on furlough as demand slows. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WIOD in Miami, I'm reporting on a new ranking of the world's best cruise lines. I'm Caroline Hepp on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the new jobs data for the UK showing wages growing at their fastest pace in over a year. I'm Joan Doniger telling WWJ listeners in Detroit how Stellantis says it's working to provide minority-owned businesses more opportunity in the shift to EVs. I'm Kimberly Adams and on WBZ in Boston. I'll be reporting on another tech giant slashing jobs. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Incoming Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is forming a government that may well be the most radical in Israel's history. Having alienated other right-wing figures during his previous stints in power, Netanyahu is now dependent on a far-right bloc known as religious Zionism. 
Yet indulging that bloc's most extreme demands would be deeply corrosive to Israel's democracy and its international standing. Netanyahu needs to limit the sway of firebrands in his cabinet and condemn inflammatory and bigoted rhetoric. He should also attempt to repair relations with more mainstream conservative parties so that he might eventually broaden his coalition and dilute religious Zionism's influence. There is no way to preserve Israel's Jewish and democratic character without one day establishing a viable Palestinian state. However far off that prospect seems now, neither side should be taking steps that drive it even farther away. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures up 28 points now. Dow futures up 137. NASDAQ futures up 133. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today. Or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index futures are on the rise this morning. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 29 points, Dow futures up 142, and NASDAQ futures up 138. The DAX in Germany is down two-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 11 seconds, yield 3.81 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.35 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down eight-tenths percent, or 71 cents at $85.16 a barrel. COMEX gold up two-tenths percent, or $2.80 at $17.79.60 an ounce. The euro, 1.0433 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1860. The yen, 139.27. And bitcoins up 2.7% at $16,800. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. Tonight, former President Trump plans to announce another run for the White House. Advisors say the new campaign will likely be based in South Florida instead of Washington. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer teed up a vote to start debate this week on legislation protecting same-sex marriage after the bill's sponsors agreed on changes intended to draw enough Republican votes to win passage. Schumer says the first procedural vote will be tomorrow. In the NFL, undefeated, no more. The Eagles lost to the Commanders 32-21. In the NBA, the Celtics have won seven straight, beating the Thunder 126-122. The Warriors also won. In the NHL, the Islanders won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're joined now by Amanda Agati, Chief Investment Officer at PNC Financial Services Group. It's great to speak with you this morning, Amanda. Thanks for being here, especially on a morning where we're seeing a pretty nice lift in the futures after uh, yesterday's decline. Do you buy into this rally? Uh, well, it's nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. I would love to buy into it, but I think it's a little bit of false hope uh, because I think the market is sort of blindly hanging its hat on last week's CPI report. 
Um, and that, you know, the Fed is ultimately going to use that data point as the point to pivot. And I think it's a little bit too soon to claim victory in the war on inflation. Yeah, and it's going to set us up for uh, the producer price index that we're going to get later this morning. I know that uh, there's some division between consumer and producer prices in terms of uh, how they feed into the inflation picture. But do you think what we get from uh, the PPI today uh, could be a similar catalyst to that huge rally we saw last week? Well, the expectation is not certainly to see as much progress as what the CPI report showed. It's very modest in terms of the improvement, about a tenth of a percentage point on both headline and core. So, uh, you know, we need to see some forward progress. We need to get more data behind us that suggests that the Fed is starting to gain some ground um, against the inflation backdrop. But I don't think that the PPI report is going to be the shot in the arm for the market that CPI was last week. I mean, I think it's important to note that um, core PPI is already lower than core CPI, but in the case of both, they're still just much too high. Um, to call off the Fed at this juncture. So you don't think that uh, the the CPI that we got last week is going to be enough for the Fed to think about at least slowing down rate hikes? I mean, we got those comments yesterday from Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd that it may be appropriate to start thinking about slowing rate hikes soon. Well, I'm hoping and praying and wishing it. At the top of my Christmas wish list is actually a Fed pause. It's not even really a pivot. I mean, my definition of a pivot is not slowing uh, the pace of rate hikes. But market's certainly expecting to slow things down here, 50 basis points in December, another 50 in February, and then 25 in, I think it's March. And so that is definitely an improvement relative to these big outsized, you know, 75 basis point back-to-back rate hikes. And so that is definitely going to be a bit of a calming effect for markets. But the reality is one, you know, data point or one Fed meeting versus another is not really what matters ultimately for the market. It's where the end state for monetary policy lands. And we're heading into very, very restrictive territory for 2023. Yeah, I was going to say that would be the ultimate Christmas surprise if we got a pause next month. I mean, uh, what is your path? I think you laid out your path for Fed hikes. What's it going to mean for uh, the the, uh, trajectory for stocks as we head into 2023, thinking about uh, at least a a little bit of a uh, decline in the punch bowl? Well, I certainly think that there's some tougher days ahead of us, and that feels like a strong statement given how challenging 2022 was. But uh, I think based on historical tightening cycles, the Fed never raised rates to 4.6%. That's sort of the terminal rate based on the current dot plot and not tipped us into recession. And based on the last Fed meeting, they're hinting at moving that terminal rate even higher. And so I think it's starting to become maybe not 100% uh, probability, but pretty darn close to a foregone conclusion that if they go all that way uh, from a monetary policy perspective, that it's going to tip us into recession. And I think what's sort of lagging behind that story is the earnings recession. It's really the last quarter or so we're starting to talk about the concept of an earnings recession coming to fruition. So I think there's more downside uh, to the market if we start to see the bottom, you know, meaningfully fall out of earnings. We're not priced at recessionary valuation levels, so I think there could easily be another 10 to 15 percent downside if, that, if both of those uh, recessionary environments come to fruition in 23. 
Got about 30 seconds left here, Amanda. wonder if I could get your take on the uh, meltdown we're seeing in the crypto market with the uh, FTX bankruptcy and whether there's any potential contagion risk across the market from that. Well, I'd love to plead the fifth on that one. Okay. The reality <laughs> is we've gotten a lot of questions from clients about what's going on there. I mean, I think we need to be very close to that story and pay close attention to it given – you know, what looks like a lot of fraudulent potential activity there. I don't think that there's necessarily a contagion or spillover type of effect. Um, It's still early days. I think we're learning more day by day. But for now, we think it's largely contained. It it does definitely dampen uh, the outlook for crypto in general. You know, this is a big exchange. And so what is the next shoe to drop or is there a next shoe to drop? I think it really rattles the confidence of crypto investors. Really appreciate your perspective, Amanda. Thanks again for coming on with us early. This uh, Amanda Agati with us this morning, Chief Investment Officer at PNC. Karen. Nathan, it is 5.54 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report brought to you by American Arbitration Association. And Sam Bankman frees crypto exchange plunge into bankruptcy last week. We're looking at FTX right now. It took a large chunk of the digital asset space down with it. And again, this is up brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Now we want to talk more about this epic collapse at FTX and how it began and what comes next. Bloomberg's Carol Masser and Tim Stein spoke with investigative reporter Annie Massa. The main takeaway is, as we saw in the balance sheet, it's littered with these tokens that are effectively, you know, magic fairy dust that have no kind of inherent value, and Serum is one of them. It was tied to a kind of protocol that had various promises, like all of these blockchain protocols did. And um, But, you know, it, it made up something like, on the balance sheet, $2.2 billion of FTX's assets that are, you know, of course, effectively worth uh, nothing now. So that was just one piece. And, and to get a grant from that serum, um, from serum affiliated entities took nothing but, you know, sending a slide deck on an, on an encrypted messaging chat, um, with, with zero kind of accountability. So, I mean, you know, this was a man who yeah. was taking money hand over fist from VCs, uh, and institutional investors. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a sobering thing. So, how does this happen? How does he get to do this with a lot of smart people giving him money? Was this a case of there weren't procedures, people in place to keep track? What happened? It's a great question. Um, I think that you have to think through what questions were being asked because Sam Bankman-Fried put himself out there. He was at every conference. He was on every podcast. He was on Twitter, God knows. Still but is. <laughs> people didn't ask the right, but people uh, didn't seem to be asking the right questions of what actually he was using his money for, where was he really getting it, or paying attention to the fact that it was all coming from an unregulated, um, unregulated, basically what some would call an unregulated casino in the Bahamas. So right. that's, that's as much as we knew, but there's a lot more to come. And that's Bloomberg investigative reporter Annie Massa speaking with Bloomberg's Carol Masser and Tim Stenevec. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at VLaw Go. Futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up almost 28 points. Dow 
futures up 135, and NASDAQ futures up 135 as well. That's up about 1.2%. The DAX in Germany is down two-tenths of a percent, while the CAC in Paris is up three-tenths of a percent, and the FTSE 100 is little changed. Ten-year Treasury up 1330 seconds, yield 3.80%. Yield on the two-year, 4.34%. NYMEX crude oil is down 1% or 83 cents at $85.04 a barrel. COMEX gold up to 10 percent or $2.90 at $17.79.70 an ounce. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.